Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Compete Waffle. My name's Alicia and I'm an advanced sports dietitian and co-founder of Compete Nutrition. Now, is plant-based eating indeed superior when it comes to sports performance? With the recent release of the Game Changers movie, this is a question that we have been asked many, many times in the last few weeks. And so we thought we would dedicate a full podcast episode to answering all your questions and going through what really needs to be considered when moving towards a vegan-based diet in sports performance, but also in general life as well. Now, there's no doubt that these documentaries documentaries on Netflix cause a bit of a stir and a little bit of conversation. However, there are some things that we need to consider when we're watching a documentary like this, and that is that there is a lot of confirmation and bias involved, and it needs to be something that will create discussion. So there will be things in there there that is a little bit controversial and not necessarily always accurate. So we thought we would go through the evidence, what it actually means to performance, and not only the benefits of plant-based eating, but also also the risks involved as well. So tune in. I guess this one isn't necessarily about the documentary at all. Actually, not much at all, actually. Um, It's really about um, plant-based eating, what you need to think about if you are considering moving towards a plant-based diet, what that actually means, and what you need to be considering in terms of nutrients. Now, we go through all the nutrients that can be limiting uh, if we are removing animal-based products, but we also go through another risk factor. And for many athletes, that's actually energy deficiency. So tune in, it only goes for half hour. Enjoy, ask questions afterwards if you like. We are um, able to be contacted on any of our social channels. Feel free to write on any of our posts or in our personal messages, and we will get back to you straight away. We also have the opportunity to go through and do an individualized assessment on our website. So www.competenutrition with an eat.com. Uh, and there will be a free assessment just to basically go through what you're considering, what your your goals are, uh, and how we might be able to best support you in achieving those goals. So without further ado, enjoy the next podcast. I hope it brings with it a lot of empowerment and a lot of confidence in terms of making the right decision that fits you, your lifestyle, and your goals moving forward in whatever sport you're involved in. Cheers. just suggested possibly inspired by a recent documentary on Netflix being released which went through all things plant-based eating and performance Um, and tonight I just really wanted to take the time to go through it there's lots of questions coming through as I said um, and a lot of confusion as well concern so um, I guess with any documentary particularly one that's on Netflix there's a lot of sensationalized claims um, and there's just a reason to really watch it with a critical thinking and just eyes wide open really um and it's a bit of a shame because the documentary itself actually makes some really cool um learnings takes some really cool learnings from it there's some really good points within it there's some accuracies but within those accuracies there's a lot of inaccuracies and of course a lot of um confirmation bias um where they really nitpick cases and only nitpick thing um studies that are working within their favor Um, It's a little bit of a shame um, because there's some really big benefits to it. Um, There are a lot of big wigs in that doco, um, absolutely. Arnie only makes like an eight second appearance though. Um, 
and his point was actually really good. So <laughs> there's actually some really cool stuff in there. And there's some things within it that I will confirm tonight. Um, I'm not going to be debunking this um, doco, this session. It's really not what it's about. This is about empowering you to get the most out of your performance and get the most out of it if you are deciding to go plant-based as well. Um, so this is really the focus of it. It's not to um, you know, have one way of eating or another. It's about working through what the positives are, pros and cons and things that you need to be wary of. And that's really where a lot of your questions came through as well, is just wanting to know what you can do better um, and what that actually means to you. So um, to clear up what it actually means, plant-based eating is a very broad term. So um, plant-based eating really, for a lot of people who are eating a um, diet rich in things like fruits, veggies, grains, which a lot of us do. And if you look at um, the even just the guide to healthy eating, they are the base of what your food intake should be. So in many ways, a lot of us who are striving towards health um, and striving towards, you know, increased variety, lots of um, plant foods, lots of colour, are very much a plant-based diet. So the term can be confused and it can be used in very many different ways. Um, but when we're looking at plant-based, I often explain myself as plant-based <laughs> because that is the basis of our meals. So when you're looking at what the different terms mean, I thought I'd just go through that first of all, because you know it may just be something that you're not aware of. So veganism, vegan, they are um, groups that are not going to eat any animal products or any products that are made from an animal. So unlike a vegetarian, a vegetarian will not eat animal products, but they will eat um, products that are made by the animal. So things like eggs, dairy are included in vegetarian, but they're not included in veganism. So they're the um, two big ones. There's also lots of different branches of vegetarianism um, where they might include fish, which is called pescatarian and lots of different things that go um, within that as well, lots of different terms. Now, some people like to call um, people who eat a variety of food flexitarian, that will include lots of different things. So these are all the terms that you will hear. Um, but to be honest, I won't cover them all that much. Tonight, it's all about plant-based eating to the sense that we're talking about veganism and vegetarianism. So that's really um, where we're going with this um, and obviously the pros and cons of that and things to be really aware of. Now, any time that a doco on Netflix comes out, this can be repeated every about two years, something like this happens and I am ready, don't worry. So two years ago, maybe about then, um, a doco just like this came out um, on keto diet and you could almost just put the word um, plant-based or vegan over this doco and put keto and it would have been exactly the same structure in the um, and claims within this actual thing. So they made claims about improved health, improved heart health, improved endurance performance, uh, all these types of things on the keto diet that they're now claiming on the veganism diet. So it's really hard to, um, as an average consumer, to go, well, what is the best option? Because if it's healthy not having carbs and it's healthy having carbs, then what is the middle ground and what am I meant to be striving for? So just all things to consider. And I totally relate to the confusion that you're probably feeling. Um, and sometimes even that positive bias, what you can feel after watching a documentary that is filled with so much um, bias. 
and filled with so much um, data that looks really, really convincing. But you've got to remember that this is a sensationalized um, film rather than more of a documentary. So it's a place where you can um, build your excitement and your interest and your curiosity within a topic, but please don't take it as facts. And if you watch the very, very first couple of seconds of this doco, that is what they say. Do not take this information over what a professional would give you advice on. So that's pretty much the first sentence within the whole film. Um, <clears throat> And it actually ends really well with Arnie's message, which I'll probably tout a few times um, tonight. So these are, those are the definitions. Now, one of the big questions I've had, is it possible? Is it possible to perform and be an athlete following a vegan diet? And the answer is absolutely yes, it is possible. Now, what I don't want you to do is go from what you're eating now into complete veganism within a day. Because what happens is that you suddenly really don't have a repertoire of different um, recipes and ideas and all of a sudden you just change what you're currently doing and you take out meat. What you need to do if you're going to be um, achieving vegan-based diets, thank you, um, sorry, I was talking to Dan about my Facebook problems. Um, so, so what we generally find is that you're taking away the protein source and with that taking away a lot of the nutrients and you're not yet really confident or able to put in um, all the different replacements to that. So um, making sure that you're getting enough of all those nutrients that I'll talk about in a second. So if you are going plant-based or wanting to reduce your intake of meat-based products, it's really important you do that gradually and in a way that is very, very conscious and mindful um, of all the different extra um, additions that you're going to be needing to think about. So the thing that is something that I'll probably repeat tonight is that you need to be really mindful if you are going plant-based. Now, what are the pros? What are the pros of going plant-based as an athlete? And there are plenty, as you would have seen in the doco if you watched it, um, there, there are people performing really well without eating meat and absolutely is possible. So um, what the positives are in a lot of that is that they've got a really um, substantial carbohydrate intake. So again, us poor sports dietitians and dietitians just have to just drive this straight line <laughs> and then you've got keto and then you've got carbohydrate coming back and we just keep driving this straight line being super boring just waiting for everyone to come back um, return everyone um, so the carbohydrate there um, is absolutely a positive so they're getting lots of um, quality carbohydrates a lot of the time um, an increase in polyphenols so lots of different colors lots of different antioxidants through your vitamin c and e um, and within that a lot of the different um, powerful chemicals that are coming from veggies and fruit and grains that are going to drive performance and efficiencies within that performance um, you know that we have always said exist and there was a paper even just this year that showed the power of just spinach um, on performance which is really really cool um, so yes if you aren't already increase your veggie intake because I am very conscious that I am talking about veganism and I'm talking about big intakes of fruits and veggies but do you know how many Australians actually get enough vegetables a year have a guess, feel free to type it if you just can guesstimate the, the percentage of people who are actually getting enough veggies in the day. Um, it is 4%. 4% of Australians are getting enough veggies. So here is the big pro for me about people talking about 
um, plant-based eating is that more people are going to be getting adequate veggies each day. Happy days, 23. Yeah, see Amelia? <laughs> um, so 4% um, are only getting enough veggies and 50% are getting enough um, fruits. So if um, more people are getting enough veggies out of this whole discussion, this is going to be epic because I think a lot of the time on Instagram land, we see um, a very... Uh, I don't know what's the word... Um, a population that is very affluent affluent, um, and we kind of get a little bit of a warped sense of what reality is. And reality is, is that most people aren't even getting enough um, veggies per day. So even if that's the one change that comes out of this, I'll be so, so happy about it. Um, the nutrients to be aware of, so a bit of the cons, I guess, to plant-based eating, which are not you know, unfixable. These are things that we can absolutely get around. Now, first of all, I think that what probably comes to mind is energy intake. Now, if you think about a plant-based diet, there's a lot of fiber and a lot of bulk to get enough energy in. And that's very filling and it's very hard to get enough of. So what we're looking at there is being at risk, particularly as an active individual and an athlete, of just physically not being able to get enough energy in to cover the cost of just daily living and exercise. And if you've heard me talk before, that's called relative energy deficiency in sport. And it has a lot of impacts in terms of performance, bone health, menstrual function, sex hormones in guys. Um, and then also additional to that, um, absolute like you know the fatigue side of things mood um depression uh sleep quality lack of motivation to train impacts on performance all those types of things so energy is number one for a really good reason of things to watch on a vegan diet because when you're cutting out a um food group often we don't replace it adequately but also we also ugh, we also have a big bulk of food to get through so just all things just to be aware of um and then we've got, which is probably something we all talk about probably too much, is protein. Um, protein is definitely having a moment. That moment is hopefully just easing off a little bit. We have become a very protein-obsessed population. So again, another positive to um, increase talk about plant-based is that maybe we can't become a little bit less protein-obsessed. Um, that would be a good thing as well. Protein is extremely important, but to be honest, most of the population get adequate amounts of protein without necessarily trying or supplementing. Um, and with the supplement companies just going gangbusters, I think we're probably all over consuming protein without necessarily needing to. Now, protein within the plant-based diet, obviously with the reduction of animal-based products and animal foods, we're going to be getting less protein in from then, but it is absolutely possible to gain enough protein through vegan-based diets. However, you do need to be a little bit more um, planned about it. So for the main reason that um, the efficiency within the protein with plant-based proteins is a little bit less, um, and so like for example, so the minimum um, daily requirement for um, someone eating an, an intake that's, let's call it flexitarian, um, is 0.8 grams per kilo per day. You know, that's minimum, minimum. Most of us are getting well above that. Um, however, for a plant-based diet, they recommend around that one gram per kilo being more adequate. Um, and for the athlete, wrote it down so I wouldn't say it wrong. It is usually um, around the, 
obviously, 1.4 to 2 grams per day. Um, but when you've got a weight loss goal, which is what we do um, in anyone, we up that protein again. So anywhere from that 1.8 to 2.6 grams per kilo is definitely something to aim for, which is much, you know, it's pretty similar to what most people will be eating, but it is definitely above what we'd say is the minimum for an athlete um, eating a um, omnivorous diet. So um, that's definitely the big thing there. Now, when we're looking at amino acids, you may have heard about complementing those proteins. So when you have rice, you need to have beans with it so that the essential amino acids are complemented. Now, this is a really outdated recommendation. Um, and I still see dietitians saying the word incomplete. Now, the truth is, and this is actually on the doco, so that's a win, um, is that there is the essential amino acids in all of plant-based foods. So all plant-based foods have what we call our essential amino acids. And these are amino acids or little building blocks of protein that we can't make in the body. So we need to have it in our food. Now, something that um, we need to be aware of is that um, plant-based proteins are just lacking in some of these amino acids. They're still there, but they're not in the um, amounts that we need ideally. So we just need to make sure that over the day, we are getting a really big variety of protein sources in our vegan diet if you are following a plant-based diet. So um, this means that over the day, you are getting all of your essential amino acids. Um, you don't necessarily need to complement them at the meal. It can make it easy and make it probably that you just feel like you are getting it, but there is a pool of amino acids that the body can pull from um, if it needs. Oh, excellent. Sorry, my... Um, my comments just popped up, happy days on my Facebook. Um, so that's something just to be aware of. Now, if you are only you know, relying on rice or if you're only relying on beans, that's when we're going to have an issue. However, if you've got a really varied vegan diet, you are going to be fine. You are going to reach all of your amino acids and it is absolutely possible to get enough protein per day. But that's where I said, you've got to be making sure that you're getting a really high quality diet and there's lots of variety because otherwise there can be issues with not having it. You know, the whole incomplete scenario annoys me because it's like saying that yogurt is incomplete in calcium just because it's not getting your 100% calcium needs. Um, so just because beans are incomplete in one amino acid doesn't mean that it's incomplete. Like you can just add on a different protein and have another source of protein to increase all of your amino acids. So try and think of it like that, that you just need different sources of that protein, um, different sources of that amino acid to build it up and make sure you're getting enough. Please feel free to flick through questions about that if I haven't answered it clearly enough. Um, now, other things to be aware of, um, and it's quite a big list of different nutrients that can be lacking as soon as we cut out a food group. So it's just something that I want you to be aware of that going vegan isn't, you know, just this overnight easy thing to do. It's really got to be thought out and it's really got to be a big decision. And the big thing for me is that I really don't feel like it needs to be a big decision because I don't feel like we need to be 110 in anything. Um, I don't really like that there's foods and diets that are almost like a cult or a um, religion that, that um, I just don't feel like we need to identify based on how we eat, but I do understand why people do feel like they need to, um, particularly with the ethical side of things with veganism. I am not touching on that tonight. This is purely nutrition and performance. Um, however, you know, there will be that need to kind of 
name, I guess, or label how you eat. So whether that's veganism, paleo, keto, um, there is a need for that. We're, we're a population that really is tribal and we like to belong. And as religion um, declines, there is this need to belong to certain groups and definitely um, food is one of those. So I'm definitely appreciative of why it's happening, but I am really big on having a very flexible approach to food and aiming for progress over perfection or that 110%. So that's where um, moving towards plant-based or aiming for that one meal um, per week that is plant-based or aiming for a couple of days that are plant based are all things that you can just improve on and really work towards in terms of overall health because we know that increased veggies are good for us we know that um, reducing our meat intake is definitely something that as a population we need to do we just don't need to necessarily do it 110 percent um, in anything basically <laughs> um, so omega-3s um, is something that we need to be aware of only because that's usually um, gained from like our oily fish in our cold water fish kind of um, scenario. So things like flax seeds, walnuts, chia seeds all contain that. So you can definitely get it, but it is something that you may consider needing to supplement if you aren't getting those foods. B12 is something that you've probably heard of. So B12 is really important for um, oxygen delivery to the um, cells. So we're really going to lack energy um, and deal with fatigue if B12 is lacking. Now, B12 is only accessible in um, animal foods. So usually we do have to um, consider supplements uh, if we have cut out the animal food um, options. Uh, but with that said, um, people who eat a very varied diet can be low in B12 as well. So it's not necessarily all the, um, you know, the population definitely varies in that. Um, iron. Of course, iron, um, there is a difference between heme iron and non-heme iron. Um, non-heme iron is from plant-based products and we don't generally absorb that all that well. Now, the good thing about going vegan rather than vegetarian is that we are um, cutting out uh, dairy, which can actually inhibit iron absorption. Um, so iron absorption can be improved with veganism sometimes. Well, that's my theory anyway. Um, but we've really got to be aware of things that can counteract um, the absorption of different things. So, um, you know, things like spinach and rocket and things like that, that are often touted as high in iron um, are actually high in oxalate. So they're really poorly absorbed. So the better um, green veg for um, absorption is the word I'm trying to spit out are things like broccoli, bok choy, um, Kale is also good. So um, those types of things are really important. Things like beans and pulses um, are also really, um, you know, iron sources. And because we're having quite large amounts of these foods, it is possible to get enough iron, but just be really conscious that you can be lacking. And it's really got to be um, a well-planned diet to get enough iron in on a vegan diet. It's actually really tough. So um, just making sure you're gaining variety each day is a really important thing. Um, Zinc is another one that can be lacking. Um, so when we're talking zinc, um, you know, it's really important for like your cell growth and um, repair. So um, it's widely available, but poorly absorbed from plant-based products. So um, soaking these um, products can actually improve the bioavailability. Um, so this is where you might've heard of like activated nuts or soaking um, grains and seeds. So this is what's happening. So those types of foods are actually high in um, what they call phytic acid. Um, and for the average population um, eating a very varied diet, the omnivores basically, um, we don't necessarily need to worry about this. However, for vegans, it can actually be a, um, 
strategy to actually improve their accessibility to zinc and other nutrients. So phytic acid is what they call an anti-nutrient and it impacts your, well, thank you for all the love everyone. It does help actually. So feel free to like and love. Um, it impacts your absorption of some of the nutrients that are going to be lacking in a vegan diet. So activating or soaking things like nuts and seeds can actually be something you do um, if you are following a full plant-based diet to improve your micronutrient absorption. So look at that. Activating is not all BS. There is some reason to it, but it's not necessarily always needed. So um, that is something you can definitely do. And I got a question about that. So um, feel free to write another question if I haven't answered that adequately. Um, I'm just going to check. Feel free to write through questions, guys. I'll scroll through. I'm just kind of going to run through most things and then review. Um, and then we've also got other things um calcium obviously so calcium i suppose the best sort of source that we know of is things like your dairy foods um, but can we get enough calcium so we can but it's hard it's really really hard so um you know things that we need to look at are definitely um the um side of <clears throat> um your beans and pulses and things and green veg so then we're looking at vitamin D. I think everyone probably has heard of vitamin D. Vitamin D is really important um, for performance in particular, but also just overall health and bone health. And we get it from the sun, so it's um, created through the skin. However, um, vegan or plant-based um, individuals are at higher risk of vitamin D deficiency. And also with the low calcium intake, it's definitely something to um, ensure that we're doing. So having a lower calcium intake can be corrected by having a better vitamin D intake. So we can absorb more calcium from the um, plant-based foods if we have adequate vitamin D available. So definitely check your levels if you are considering being plant-based uh, and make sure you look at that. Now, when we're looking at vitamin D, um, there is actually a type that isn't vegan um, friendly uh, and the other type that is vegan friendly isn't actually all that well absorbed. So it's a tricky one. Um, obviously making sure that you're getting um, the sunlight can help, but just making sure that your vitamin D levels are spot on is definitely something to look for um, if you are going plant-based. I hope I'm not boring everyone. I'm just you know, rattling off all these nutrients, but please let me know if I'm boring you because I can make this more exciting. I'm nearly through all like the nutrition stuff, but I, um, yeah, I just want to make sure that everyone's doing this in a way that um, is going to be good for their health and considering all these things that are going to change if you are considering removing a food group. So yeah, feel free to yell at me and go, Alicia, you're talking rubbish. Um, so then the last one is iodine. And this actually connects to a question that I got um, regarding, what was the question? I'm going to read it out because it fits in nicely here. Um, the question was, oh, where have I even put it? I don't even know where I've put it. There it is. Kombu algae. So um, is kombu algae necessary? Um, and kombu algae is like your seaweeds, if anyone's unsure. So kombu algae is actually really high in iodine. So if you are someone who is eating a lot of seaweed, please just reduce that amount a little bit. So um, it's a good thing to include some seaweed and algae as a plant-based athlete, but also um, anyone 
can include seaweed in their diet and you've probably seen people eating the um, strips before. Um, however, just be aware of just overdosing. Um, it is absolutely possible um, with this on iodine and it can cause um, hyperthyroidism. Um, so just make sure that we're thinking about absolutely including it because you can get enough iodine through a plant-based diet if you include it, but just be aware of the amounts. So yes, it is important, but just be really conscious not to overdo it. Um, so I'm going to go through questions because the next thing I'm going to go through is actually more performance focused, which is super fun on the supplements that can actually be really, really important or at least very handy for someone who's wanting to perform on a plant-based diet. And whether that diet be just lower in um, meat-based sources um, or completely plant-based, these supplements are something that you definitely want to tune into. So um oh yes just they're talking about that yeah yeah um sorry i'm just going through what challenges do vegan athletes face yeah i, I hope i've answered that amelia um definitely just getting enough energy in is number one but also those whole nutrients in terms of the micronutrients are again a big one um can you please explain the nutrition difference between raw honey and store-bought honey someone told me that raw honey doesn't have glucose in it uh. <laughs> I'm sure it would have to. That confuses me. Please leave it with me, Julie. <laughs> I might have to debunk that one for you, but I'm just not sure. So I'm just going to have to investigate. Um, thank you. Thank you for tagging people, everyone. That helps. What are your thoughts on the inflammation study that was in the Netflix film? Inflammation. All right. So here's the interesting thing, everyone. Inflammation can decrease on a very high fat diet as well. Um, so that's something to confuse you, isn't it? So inflammation um, is a term that people love to spit out. Um, and absolutely, it can be impacted by different foods. Now, the big thing we have to remember with plant-based eating is that when people go to plant-based eating, what are they removing and what are they decreasing? And chances are they've removed a lot of processed foods, a lot of saturated fats, um, and they've improved their variety of eating because they have to, that you have to get energy in, you have to get energy in somehow. Um, and the variety is definitely one of the big pros of um, vegan-based, plant-based eating. Um, and they've, chances are they've reduced or eliminated all of their um, meat-based products, um, but still gaining their proteins through different sources. So, all of a sudden, if you're looking at inflammation, it's in a lot of processed foods, high sugar foods, high saturated fat foods, um, and they have just eliminated those and at the same time, increased all of their veggies, salad, fruits, anti-inflammatory nutrients. Amazing. So it's not necessarily surprising. It is absolutely likely true, but we've got to think about what this diet is being compared to and be really realistic with what people can actually achieve. So what you want to look at is the pro progress and improvement. So if we can replace the processed foods, the, um, you know, all of the packaged foods, the processed foods that are containing things like, um, you know, meat-based, animal-based products that also include all those fats and sugars, 
we're going to be doing really well. And if that means people are moving plant-based, then happy days. Does it mean that you have to go completely vegan? No, it does not mean that. Um, everything is about progress um, and you can absolutely reduce that inflammatory response by increasing all those plant foods um, with while still including some animal products if you wanted to. Now, this is all choice. Basically, if someone comes to me and says, I would like to improve my performance, I first of all go, what kind of foods do you like to eat? What do you enjoy? What's working for you? So if vegan diets are working for you, we're going to work from that. And I'm going to improve it and I'm going to improve your performance in life and in sport on your vegan diet. If someone comes to me and says, I follow a keto diet, I say, no problem, let's work off that, let's get increased performance from that. It may include that we're you know, changing that a little bit and adapting that a little bit, but we're going to be basing our recommendations off what works for you and what you prefer. My job as a dietitian isn't actually to tout a type of diet to you. My job as a dietitian is to improve your current diet to a place that you are feeling better and you're performing better. So you won't get from me what diet's best um, because as you can see, depending on what documentary you watch, every diet has its pros. And one of the biggest pros that I see in every single diet except for the meat-based diet, I, don't, I still don't understand that one, is that um, there is a lot of veggies and there's a lot of colour. And so there's lots of pros to be gained from looking at these diets, absolutely. Um, and just following the trends that fit you at the time, but also making changes that you know are going to fit your life, your lifestyle long-term. So um, just, I feel like the only thing I really want to get through tonight is don't feel like you need to change everything all at once or everything full stop. You can always just aim for process and progress um, over the days. So um, for example, you might have meat-free Mondays. Um, you might have, um, you know, you might halve the amount of mints in your bolognese and add a can of lentils. <clears throat> These are all just little actionable things that you can start to do just to reduce your meat intake if it's something that you want to do. Um, but absolutely, as a population, reducing our meat intake is something that has been shown time and time again to be a positive because we overconsume it. It doesn't mean that we can't eat meat. Uh, it just means that we need to be more conscious about it. So I hope that makes a bit of sense. Um, but tonight is really just saying that you can be a plant-based athlete, um, but you've just got to think about a few things. Now, to finish off, because I knew this would go over time, it's a really interesting topic and it's something that, you know, I, I just hope that can help you improve your performance overall. These are actually the supplements that you should be considering in terms of performance if you did want to go plant-based. So um, <clears throat> the good thing about plant-based is that you are getting a lot more of um, some really important nutrients for, for performance through the increase in veggies and fruit and colour and all those types of things, particularly in that anti-inflammatory space, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> um, but there's also some supplements that you're going to be needing because there is a reduction in stores in your body without that um, meat-based protein coming in. So one of those that you may have heard of is creatine. Now creatine stores are lower in vegan and vegetarian athletes because creatine is really um, gained from meat-based foods. So creatine is a really important um, product that helps with our performance. Uh, in high intensity exercise. So uh, even the endurance exercises are going to improve with some creatine in their training, their strength, but also in like 
think about it as like the final sprint of a race um, or a hill and those types of things, those high intensity moments can actually improve, be improved by creatine. Um, so that is definitely something to consider supplementing with if you are going plant-based or are already plant-based. The other one is actually beta alanine. So beta alanine has been shown to be um, super handy in events that are longer than 60 seconds or that intermittent type of exercise. Um, and that short, like, you know, under five, six minutes kind of stuff is a really um, important one. And basically it acts as a buffer. Uh, and helps us recover between those bouts. Um, so when we're looking at beta alanine, the reason um, that we want to be looking at that is actually that we've got reduced muscle carnosine um, at, if you are a vegan or vegetarian athlete. So um, that is something that just to be considerate of basically um, because meat and chicken, poultry, that kind of thing is the main um, source of that. So um, yeah, the two main ones. Now, the interesting thing also in the documentary was he researched the um, vegan-based diet um, just when he got injured with ligament injury. Now, ligaments are actually um, a really important part of ligament recovery has been shown more recently to be that gelatin and collagen supplementation. Now, there is no vegan option for collagen supplementation. So, there is a limiting factor there that just needs to be considered. And there's talk that maybe high risk athletes. So I'm talking um, female athletes within like the um, team sports that are stopping starting high risk um, ligament injury sports um, should be supplementing with collagen, possibly if they are vegan. However, that would mean that they're having a um, animal based protein. So yeah, it's something that you'd need to work with the athlete with or yourself with if you are okay with it. Um, but that is just something to consider because it is a really important part of ligament health. So, and particularly if you've had a ligament injury, um, having collagen around your time of um, mobilizing that injury, this is a talk for another day, by the way, I could do a whole live on this, um, is really important. So yeah, just something else to consider on that supplement space. Now I'm just going to make sure that I haven't missed any questions. Um, so yeah, I guess another thing before I finish up is that females tend to be really sensitive to um, low iron in the plant-based diet, whereas males tend to be pretty much the same. Now every research paper that is available at the moment on vegan plant-based diets comes up with the same conclusion. So whether you're reading any analysis paper, where we're at in the research right now is that there's no difference between plant-based athletes and athletes on an omnivorous diet um, when you look at performance markers. So there is definitely a notice in redu reduced chronic disease risk. Um, but when you look at those studies, you've got to remember that a vegan or plant-based person is more likely to follow health-seeking behaviours. So they're not just looking at diet, they're also um, you know, unlikely to do a lot of other unhealthy behaviours. So you know, these types of things are just really important to think about when you're being told all these things is that the studies are population-based studies, so it's really hard to actually say it's from the vegan diet because it can actually be related to all the different behaviours that that person is doing um, as a result of reducing um, meat, but also all the other things that they might be doing as well. Yes, it does relate to tendons. Yes, Kelly, it does. Yeah. Um, now I'm just going to review, make sure I've got some 
questions because I can see them coming through. Thank you, Jason, for um, replying to Julie about the honey. I, I was sure that there would still be half glucose, half fructose, no matter what honey you had. So yes, thank you so much. Okay, excellent. So how can I make sure I'm getting enough protein? Now, when you're looking at um, protein sources in a vegan diet, absolutely, they're not going to be um, you know, sole protein sources that you would get from the meat-based um, options. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, however, it's still definitely possible. As I said earlier, you've got increased needs with protein just because of the different inefficiencies of plant-based proteins, but you can still definitely get it. Make sure you're getting a variety though. So you can get some from soy-based proteins like your tofu, your um, things like bean curd, and then you've also got things like soy milks, yogurts, um, and then additional to that, you are going to get protein from your grains. So quinoa is excellent um, because it is filled with all those amino acids that we talked about. You can also get protein from your rice. Imagine that. Um, but also things like um, nuts and seeds um, are all perfect as well. So lots of different things, lentils, beans. Um, so just make sure you're getting a variety. And I'll try not to clap anymore because that's really annoying, Alicia. <laughs> Um, all right, now, next question. Getting enough B12 is very difficult. Um, so there is a more than likely chance you'll have to supplement with that to get enough B12, but please go and get your levels checked before you make any changes to your diet, just so you know if um, plant-based eating is right for you or not, is really, um, or even just to know which ones you're going to need to supplement with or which ones you're going to need to just pay more attention to. <clears throat> Can I live solely on a plant-based diet? I think I've summed that up today. Yes, you absolutely can. You've just got to be really mindful and conscious of it. Please don't just go plant-based and cut out all your protein sources. You need to be really mindful of what you're going to replace them with. And it takes some time. Be really patient if you're wanting to be plant-based because it takes time to just change how you're cooking, change your, your options in the kitchen, change how you're going to do your grocery shopping, all those types of things. So um, also remember that um, plant-based eating is actually quite um, a privilege. Um, and so, as I said earlier, only 4% are actually getting their veggie intake per day. Um, so we're in a very privileged position to be talking about it and also considering doing it. Um, so yeah, don't be alarmed if it's not something that suits you or your budget. Um, but at the same time, meat is quite expensive. So there are some substitutes that are plant-based that may actually fit you better. Um, you know, considering things like beans and lentils and stuff, like it's something that we do is that we halve the um, mince in our bolognese and add a can of lentils or we add chickpeas to meals and halve the amount of um, meat in the curry and add chickpeas and just those types of things you don't necessarily need to go completely meat free to start making progress and change um, to the amount of meat you're eating if it's something that you're interested in whether that be for nutrition for performance or for the environment or whether it may be um, more budget related so all those types of things are things that you can definitely start to do from today um <clears throat> are the sorry everyone that was really bad um are the benefits from um going plant-based that you can see in the documentary um just from <clears throat> is it actually from eliminating meat or is it actually from increasing intake of things like your veggies fruits fiber legumes and grains so 
yeah, as I said, it's more like a progress thing. So um, the improvements in your performance are going to be seen as a result of um, increased availability of carbohydrate and then also an increased quality in your um, intake that is also um, higher in your anti-inflammatory nu nutrients as well, which is excellent. So um, you don't necessarily need to go to 100% to achieve those though. So it's just making progress on what you're currently doing if it's something you're interested in. Um, what are the risks? I think I've done that very, like, very conclusively. I'd hate to repeat all that for you. You'd be bored. Um, a beet's good for iron. So as a background to how much iron you need per day, a one beetroot is, oh, really going back to my memory stores here. One beetroot is about one milligram of iron and non-heme iron. So you've just got to consider the um, absorption of that. Um, and we need, as a female, 18 milligrams per day. As a male, you only need about eight milligrams per day. And that might be the reason that men tend to be able to deal with the plant-based eating and iron a little bit better because their needs are just, you know, substantially lower. Um, Kombu Agli, I've answered. Complementing protein, I've answered. So um, it's really just about that variety each day. Do I need to soak nuts and seeds? Um, if they are a key source for you as a plant-based athlete, then yes, that can absolutely be helpful in just reducing that anti-nutrient of phytic acid. So if no one has any more questions, I've gone well over time, but I had an inkling that I would. Now, if you're watching this and we're not live anymore, um, please still write your questions. I will see it. I'll get a notification that you've wrote, written something on Instagram. If you um, wanted to catch up, this will be saved for 24 hours on Facebook. This will be saved onto our feed forevermore. Uh, and I'm sure when Hermes gets back from his honeymoon, he will make it into a podcast for us as well. So thank you so much everyone for joining me. Um, Honestly, the questions that were coming through were just amazing. So I really appreciate it. I hope that I've clarified some things. I hope I haven't added to any confusion. Um, and mainly I hope that I've just empowered you to kind of make a decision that's right for you um, and right for your family and right for your lifestyle um, that you feel really happy with as you seek and seek health basically. So thank you so much, everyone. Please feel free to share, like, love, all those types of things that all help. So thank you so much for joining me and we will chat to you all very soon. Bye.